last not least, the aftermath in the task force. Welcome to the Mastering Embedded Systems podcast, episode 16. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Mastering Embedded Systems podcast. I am Georg Lohrer, and this is the podcast about realizing and managing your projects within the embedded systems realm. It's where I give you the know-how and teach you the ways to succeed and overcome your daily obstacles and problems in project work. This episode is the last part in the mini-series about task forces. Today we are handling all the aftermath which is needed for a successful task force. Stay tuned and be inspired. First of all, I wanted to highlight a problem you might have observed if you were listening to the last episode, the MES015, the episode about the Volkswagen diesel um, details and ideas and observations. It was... Um, you get the you get the raw version. So I mean, it it was um, it was uh, redone, and I have done all the all the mixing stuff. However, I have uh, released the stereo version. So that mean that mean that I have provided to you the my my voice was on the left channel and the music was on the right channel. So this is this was not my intention for sure. Not it's simply usually I mix both together to a mono um, to a mono result but I have simply forgotten that I apologize for it. So, and therefore, this episode will also be shorter than the other ones. The main highlight was in episode 12, with running the task force, and this time it's, let's say, it's only the aftermath. So you will see it's significantly shorter. In this 16th episode, additionally, it's nothing to celebrate, but I have in mind that there are some guys talking to me and letting me know, starting with the 15th episode, you will have find your voice, you will be more relaxed, and you will be established, and you know all the details how to do it and what not to do. And finally, I have to admit, mm, anyway, I'm still a little bit excited all the time, and... Uh, it's not that that I'm that relaxed, uh, that I have this cozy environment in any way. No, I'm sitting here and thinking hard what to tell you guys and how should how should the content look uh, like, what is feasible for you. And I'm always engaged to see your, your feedback and getting your results and would be a pleasure to hear you again. So I'm still heavily under stress here. <laughs> no. You remember with episode number six, we started with this mini-series about task forcing. With the episode eight, we tackled the launch phase. And with episode 12, that was also a very long one, we were having the most essential part of the task force, the running phase. And in this episode, number 16, it's about all the stuff you need to do after you have run a task force meeting or the task force at all. In the first section, the first part, that was the episode six, you need to understand the general pros and cons of a task force, the intention and your own understanding of the why, what and how. These were the essential things you, you should have understood with episode number six. With the section two, that's the episode eight, about the launch phase, you get informed about what are the key indicators for a successful launch phase so that you don't drop it at once at the very beginning. With the section three, the running the task force, 
We were talking about calling regular meetings, pushing forward negotiations and arguments, strong commitment with a clear focus on the goals. So this is the doing part. And now with this aftermath part, it looks like it's the end of the story, but it's most likely not the end of the story. It's something which is after every meeting you will have, or it's also uh, things which should be done after the task force has been finalized. You get the goal or you miss it and it's finally dropped whatsoever. So the aftermath covers meeting minutes, support of ongoing work, removing obstacles, negotiations, and finally touchdown of the task force. Why is the aftermath phase also that important for the task force? First of all, the major outcome of the aftermath is the minutes. Every meeting should have a minutes. If you don't do that, you will lose the track quite instantly. Latest after the, the third or second meeting, you have no clue about what's going on. One example. This afternoon, I got it was lunchtime, roundabout lunchtime, I got a call by a colleague and asking me, do you remember we have had this one issue about blah blah, there was a problem with blah blah, and it was somehow in February this year. And I said, yeah, I remember darkly there was something, but I remembered to whom I have sent the minutes and I was the sender. When I go into the into the inbox of the mail, this company is using mail as their uh, think tank content, so don't be afraid of that. It's not my preferred solution, but it's done in that way. And I have looked at that and found the minutes of the final meeting. And then I have suddenly all the things inside, details, what was the, what was the result, the, the five wires analysis, the root cause was mentioned, all that stuff was instantly at my fingertips. If there would be no minutes, I would have had nothing. Yeah, really nothing available. And then you finally get up and say, okay, what's going on? I don't remember. And then you reinvent the wheel quite instantly. That's that's not the goal you should continue. You should you should know you should improve every time you get into trouble and you have all these things be done and the effort be spent when it should be available as know-how. And if you are personally someone like me who forgot things quite easily... I, I always excuse that in the way that I say uh, the new things must come into the brain, so I have to drop out some old things. But anyway, you you should have um, some kind of a think tank or such, such kind of a, of a content base of or a stock place where you put all these things inside. So whether you do it the way with the emails or you have your Evernote account or you have uh, some Trello board or Kaizen board or whatsoever you have, simply use it, and when you will get you will get out of a situation that you that you don't remember. You only have to look into the details. So it's easy. Having minutes is an essential part to not lose know-how and don't waste effort. Bad minutes, that's the other aspect. So there are good minutes, there are average minutes, and there are bad minutes. And um, let's say it that way. I only want to have good minutes or at least excellent minutes. Yeah. So I only I remember these minutes by some guy saying, you, we, have a, we've had, we have had a meeting and the result is that this person has to do something like anything. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but this is ridiculous. You don't know how we have come to that situation, how, 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 it, was, how it was decided uh, until then and all that stuff. So it's not available. So bad minutes create confusion uh, you are you don't know what's going on you have no idea about them they instantly create annoyance you get you get upset if you see that situation you know these guys have spent a lot of effort and what's the outcome you don't see it you have to go after these guys and 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 discuss with them 
uh, verbally. So this, this is not the intention. Okay, you can do that, but it's not what you want to do, maybe, because you don't have the time and it should have been instantly much more better. So there is also a delay because now you have to go after the information. So it's not instantly available. You lose time. Again, it's waste. And finally, if you are not the leader, not the task force leader, or you are not the boss of these guys, when in, but simply a participant, you might get demotivated of all that stuff. You have spent that much time in this task force, and what was the outcome? One single sentence? Hey, guys, that's not the way we want to go. Okay, that means the aftermath phase is really important, mainly due to the things you have to do during the aftermath phase. If we imagine a bad launch phase of a task force might cause problems. A bad running phase might corrupt or thwart the whole operation. But if you have survived the first two phases, but lose the last one, the aftermath, you will be never known as the one who has ended the task force with success. It will be another one harvesting the fruits. Do you want to have that that way? I don't think so. So therefore, be also great in doing the aftermath. And what has to be done here? We need to distinguish into two different actions for the aftermath. First, I have already mentioned, it's the after each meeting or chat, after and before every meeting, you need to have some kind of actions. And after the task force at all, so if you have tracked down the problem or you have solved the problem or whatever was the goal of the task force, if that has been achieved, then it's after the task force. There might be different actions needed to, to fulfill that. Okay, let's have a closer look at these fabulous meeting minutes. As you know, I have already provided you guys a Google document for the invitation for task forces. Have a look back again for that one. You will find it at episode number eight. It's in the show notes inside. So embeddedsuccess.com slash episode eight. You will find the show notes with the Google document inside. It's still up to date. So have a look at that. It's the invitation for the task force. But now let's see what we can do with the meeting minutes. I also will have provided, or I have already provided today, a meeting minutes document, also as Google Docs document. You can use it as template. It's for free. Use it. There are all things inside with hints for you, with examples. Yeah, I think it's a good, it's a good template. I use it for myself. Okay, what should be the contents of a really great meeting minute? First of all, the participants. Very often overseen, simply uh, everybody knows who was inside. No, you don't know. And you also should collect and take care for what you, ca what you cover everybody who is participating. No, also the ones who come later or the, or the first one who drops out. If you are really good and you are, can do that in parallel, note the time when the guys are coming in, jumping in or away are leaving. If you have some kind of a telco bridge, you very often do not observe and cannot um, distinguish who has just left. So then you are, okay, you are more or less, less uh, lost, so there is no chance. But you already see that someone is leaving. Then also a very interesting point or very essential point in the content of the meeting minutes are the outstanding action items. So you see, at one time you start with a meeting minutes, but then after this meeting, there is the next meeting, the follow-up meeting. And inside of the follow-up meeting, you will have to handle, you will have to tackle the action items of the previous meeting. Therefore, first of all, in all these meetings, I would want to suggest you check the outstanding action items. You will see sometimes very, very interesting reactions. Yeah? If you are 
interested in the outstanding action items, very often guys are not considering that there is simply someone after that. The third point is now the situation or description of the problem. Very often, this is the initial goal of the task force at the very beginning, but it might change. You might have different meetings for different purposes, and then this kind of purpose should be mentioned in this meeting minutes. But everybody is aware of, not only due to the title, this might be misleading because it's only mentioned in the task force, but what is especially handled in this task force meeting. So give the situation or the description of the problem explicitly into the content of the meeting minutes. Very often, you could provide this beforehand, before you start the meeting. Yeah. So don't do it at the moment you are in the meeting. You are disturbed by this action because you have to have your brain with you and to think about things you are writing down. And in parallel, the discussion might already be going on. So you have lost already the track. I personally prefer to have at least 10 to 15 minutes before the meeting, I start to pre prepare the meeting minutes. I regularly prefer to put all the participants who I have invited into the meeting minutes before the meeting. So I write down a list of all the participants. Then the moment we entered the meeting or we arrived in the meeting room or wherever the meeting is, I mark them or their name as boldface characters in the meeting minutes. Then I can simply detect who was available, who was invited after the meeting. But that means also what you have to keep track of all these uh, going and uh, coming and going of the participants. So be aware of that. At the moment, we have now three major points here. So we have the participants list, we have the outstanding action items in the minutes, and we have the situation or the description of the problem is inside. Let's come to the one which is really done on the fly in the meeting. That's something you have to protocol, and that's the discussion. It's captured on the fly. You should not do a transcript of that, but you should uh, you, you should highlight the major bullet points the participants are mentioning. So it's permanent, from your perspective, it's a permanent summarizing of the situation or highlighting particular sentences which are worth to mention. It's very often for me, it, it's like that I better write down something I've just heard and it might be but I raise it after a few minutes because there is something more important. And afterwards, it should be something like that. This kind of protocol should highlight the different steps of the discussion, how you have come to the final end. Thus, you, you follow this discussion simply by writing down the bullet points. Let the guys validate your statements. So, have a look at whether what you write down is really validated by the guys. So that means you have to do that on the fly, in parallel here to the discussion. Potentially you have also to contribute and then it gets really complicated. If you have to contribute, summarize and protocol in one, that's a challenge. I admit. Yeah. So, But at the very beginning, concentrate on only doing the summarizing and doing the noting down and that's, that's enough. Fifth step would be after now we have the participants, outstanding action items, situation and discussion. The fifth step is now you should now, after discussion, you should come to a conclusion, some kind of proposal, a result of this meeting. That also needs to be noted down. And here I want to recommend you, please stay word by word at the sentence what the guy guys are accepting or what the guys are highlighting. 
you are free to invent your own sentences to write down, but very often the guys are in, in parallel, online, seeing what you are writing. That's the preferred way if you do some kind of telecommunication conference when all the guys will see what you are writing down and then write it down and let it validate by the guys. Say something like, is my understanding correct when I write it down that way? Are there any kind of contradictions? Do you agree with what I have written down? Anything like that is appropriate. Simply that you get a response, that you get a feedback, yes, you are right, or no, you are not right. Then, after the conclusion, proposal, or result, you will have to note down the different action items. This is very often a challenging situation because you now have to collect all the actions which have been mentioned before. I do it very often that way. During the discussion, it might have been already highlighted that somebody has to do something. When I do it very often that way, that I note down the, the name with the at sign in front of that, like it is done in the Twitter accounts. And then I make a double point and then write down what this person needs to do. And I take or collect these writing downs into the section of action items, simply copy-paste it, and then we discuss again, is this really the action item which should be done by the person who is in charge for it? And this person has to agree if, it, if it's joining. It's also something you have to follow the SMART rules. You remember that with the goals. So specific, measurable, atten attainable, um, realistic, and timeable. Uh, so these five aspects you have to fulfill for a sufficient goal. And also do it that way. Or in, it's also fine to do it the other way around and say, okay, who will do what until then? The, especially the when is very essential you're not fine with simply writing down any, any action item without an end date. You need to know the end date. Also, the other ones will need it. Therefore, for the action items, the end date is an essential part of it. After you have now collected all the action items, we will now come to the next steps. Next steps could be sometimes also summarized in the action items, but very often we are also part of, the, of a, a separate area. So next steps might be, for example, call a new meeting or uh, when will be the next meeting or for the next meeting we will have to do that and that or we will have to prepare something or we will have to await until another meeting has been done or some other prerequisites have been fulfilled. Anything like that is fine, but it's separate in the next step. We have now the content of the meeting minutes, participants, outstanding action items, situation or description of the problem, discussion, conclusion, proposal, result, the action items and the next steps. Very often it's finally needed that you rephrase things. That's, uh, that's something I usually do when the meeting has ended. I then start to rephrase things. But be aware, if it is noted as a word protocol in the discussion area, don't change it. And never ever change action, action items. Of course, you are free to change typos or to fix them. But don't change the wording, because this wording you have noted down is the agreed wording everybody has agreed with. So don't change it. And then what I regularly do is then formatting. I format the minutes in a way that it is easy to understand for even outsiders. The important things should be highlighted, and therefore I use boldface characters 
uh, I use italic characters, I use underlining, and most, very often, and it's the strongest version to do it, I use highlighting. It's like with a marker. You know this, that the background will be yellow or green or, or red even. Please only use it very, very uh, rarely. So one sentence in the whole minute or two aspects in the whole minute. No, not more, because otherwise it looks like an arbitrary document with lots of colors inside. Nobody will read it. Highlight, of course, the action owners, which should be at least bold characters with, for example, the ampersand, or not the ampersand, sorry, the, the at sign in front. This is something which should be, should be available that everybody who has an action item instantly can see what's going on. And for this reason, I also, as you have seen from the, from the sequence, the action items come at the very end, but they should be recognized at the first glimpse into the minutes. And therefore, I very often move the action items, if the minutes are quite long, to the front. This is also quite helpful because these action items you can instantly use for the next meeting in the next meeting template as the outstanding action items. Okay, and if you have done that, then send the minutes to all relevant persons. That's in general true, but who are the relevant persons? Don't send it to God and the world, but send it to all the participants, that's for sure, but also who might be interested in. But don't flute the guys with spam. I sometimes get meeting minutes with, with a recipients list of hundreds of participants. Even using mailing lists is absolutely horrible. So be very afraid of that do not spam and also take care for that you address the right persons. If you are in doubt, make a short phone call and ask the person you want to send it, are you interested in this, in this meeting minutes? And if they say yes or no, then act accordingly. As mentioned at the beginning, feel free to use the template I have provided in the Google Doc so you can make it the same way or you can give it a try whether it's the same or better or even worse than yours. If you have a better meeting minutes, if you have more ideas, Don't hesitate and give me a feedback. EmbeddedSuccess.com slash feedback. But now, let's imagine the task force has finally come to its end. Somehow, somewhen, somewhere, whatsoever, it's done. Then, you should do some kind of retrospective. And I don't mean a retrospective on the task force from a content perspective. This should be all the things belonging to the content of the task force should have been tackled and maintained in the task force. I mean, the retrospective of the task force should not contain things like process improvement uh, to prevent such kind of failure or problem you have tackled in the task force, but it should only contain, this kind of retrospective should only contain problems you have observed during running the task force with the way and the process you have to do the task forcing. So it's more or less some kind of personal improvement for you. There is this Japanese process of Yokotenkai. Yokotenkai means best practice sharing and it means more or less to share the learning laterally across an organization. It entails copying and proving on Kaizen ideas at that work. You can think of Yokoten as horizontal deployment or sideways expansion. The corresponding image is one of ideas unfolding across an organization. 
Yokoten is horizontal and peer-to-peer with the expectation that people go see for themselves and learn how another area did Kaizen and then improve on those Kaizen ideas in the application to their local problems. You just remarked, I have read that directly from a link here from the lanesystems.org. We have provided these details about Yokoten in their 2011 details. I will also have this link in the show notes. Sometimes companies or some companies have Yokoten Kai as an official process in use. Very often it's only done for the content of the task force. What I just have mentioned, you should not tackle in this retrospective. But for example, if you observe that uh, it's very complicated to work with this kind of group or that it's very complicated in this company to work across uh, site boundaries or anything uh, belonging to communication or anything belonging to processing stuff, then it's a thing you should tackle in this kind of retrospective for your personal task force Yokotenkai. And here... It's very often much more better to not use some kind of official process, but handle it with informal meetings. Simply discuss with the guys, provide an invitation, tell the guys, hey, I want to tell you, I have gotten a lot of experience, I have gotten some problems, I have observed problems, I have seen solutions, and I wanted to tell you, maybe you have also something to contribute, and then let's discuss and improve together. I have done it sometimes and this is really great. The guys come because they are interested. What have you done? What's going on? And if they don't come for your progress, they come for your failures. <laughs> it's, yeah. Let's sim simply give it a try. If you have experience with, uh, with meetings, with task forcing, and then share it with the others. Compared to the running a task force, the aftermath is more, let's say, formal, uh, a little bit more also, yeah, off, uh, offline, you don't have to discuss that much with other persons, and it's more or less something you have to do by yourself. But especially the retrospective, please do it. If you don't do it for the process or for the project, then do it for yourself, because it's a very good source of improvement if you observe what's going on. You, for example, could do after the task force, Go to the task force members and ask them in detail, personally, hey, what was the best thing? Where do I have failed? What was, where, where do we get sucked or stuck in the, in the process of the task force? What was good? What was well done? What was bad? What could be improved? Take your feedback. Grab your feedback. Request it. And you will get improved. And the most best thing I observe in all these times is, what you get, that the guys get aware of that there is someone who is interested to get their opinion, their attitude, their estimation about the situation and who, who takes it honestly to improve the overall situation. This is something really essential. And I like the idea if someone coming to me and asking for feedback and I give it yeah, in a very in a very good mood and in a very good manner that this person can improve. And that's also the way how I prefer it. I'm very eager to, to, to achieve it. If it's done in a friendly way, in a positive way, it's something you can really accept and you can grow with it like, like rocket. You see, there are a lot of things to do in task forcing, even if you assume you have done the major parts already. But also in this episode, 
I might have forgotten details or not emphasized enough or ignored or whatsoever. Please let me know your task forcing experiences. It would be a pleasure to hear from you. Have a look at embeddedsuccess.com slash feedback and you will find a very pretty prepared feedback template. Or drop me a message via one of the other channels I provide at embeddedsuccess.com. And now, for the first time, I wanted to ask you to share my episodes with your colleagues. Spread the word by using your Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Xing, whatever you have channel and forward this podcast or the episodes. If you like it, visit embeddedsuccess.com slash episode 16 and you will find all these nasty share buttons for most likely all of your social media. Don't hesitate, give it a try. Now I've given you some of the know-how and some of the ways to gracefully handle your embedded systems project. It's time for you to take these details into your daily work for achieving your passion and finding success. I'm Georg Lohrer from the Mastering Embedded Systems podcast. Thank you for listening.